This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Millions of Americans are hooked on gambling. Dozens of states are addicted to the money it brings in. But one expert says our national gambling addiction takes a heavy toll on society, one we all end up paying for. Every person with a serious gambling problem generates $1,200 per year in social costs, and those social costs are primarily criminal justice and health care costs. Then, vibrant communities don't just happen. They are built by citizens who are involved and take action. We'll have the story. We're raising a civic IQ. When you raise the civic IQ, all of a sudden things start happening because you have a community that asks the right questions to elected leaders. Those two interviews and more are straight ahead on this week's show. InfoTrack gets underway right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Millions of Americans are addicted to gambling, but they aren't the only ones paying the price for the habit. Their addiction is a problem that all of us end up paying for. Here with the story, InfoTrack's Gina Tedesco. Gina? Thanks, Chris. The gambling industry's revenues worldwide have more than doubled since the year 2001, and it appears there's no stopping gambling's momentum in the U.S., A crucial Supreme Court decision opened a path for states to allow sports gambling, and we've seen record lottery jackpots. Joining us now is Keith White of the National Council on Problem Gambling. Mr. White, should we be concerned over these two developments? We should be concerned because, especially here in the United States, we're very unprepared for this massive expansion of legalized gambling. In what respect, these two aspects that we just discussed? Yeah, so in the United States, we've been trying to gamble our way out of the recession since 2008. And I think one of the unfortunate consequences is that when you expand gambling, you generally increase gambling problems, unless there are measures taken to mitigate or reduce those problems. And historically, states have not done a great job at putting those measures in place. And so we're faced with a problem where we don't have a lot of infrastructure or capacity to prevent tree gambling problems which makes this next wave of expanded gambling potentially very problematic. Let's get a sense on the size of the problem. What is your estimate on the number of problem or compulsive gamblers in the U.S.? Well, approximately 3 million Americans meet criteria for severe gambling problems in a given year, and probably another 3 million or 1% have moderate to serious gambling problems. So all told, it's about 6 million. Americans who are struggling. And they, of course, affect not just their family and friends, but their employers and their communities at large because the substance that problem gamblers abuse is money. And they tend to have higher rates of criminal justice and healthcare costs. So we know that prevention and treatment is much more ethical and economical, but it has to start with putting some of that revenue from legalized gambling back into programs to prevent tree gambling addiction. Is the problem limited to any age, sex, or socioeconomic group? Well, there's certainly groups that are at higher risk, but it's important to note that anybody can develop a gambling problem at any time, even if you've been a recreational gambler all your life. For example, you may have a death in the family or become depressed. 
and gambling may turn from something that's recreational to a problem because it's now being used by the gamblers sort of a solution, you know, a way to numb their pain. But that being said, we know that there are groups at higher risk, which include people who are younger in the 18 to 24 range. Males tend to have much higher rates of gambling problems. And other groups like veterans, interestingly enough, have higher rates of gambling problems. How does a person know if he or she is a problem gambler? Well, often the tests we have are sort of self-tests. But one of the ways that most people come to this realization is when friends and family express a concern. Because when you're often in the addiction, it's hard to tell where you've crossed that line. But it's often when friends or family come and say, look, I think you have a problem or if you thought about how much you're gambling or I'm concerned about how much you're gambling, that's one of the ways when people should take that very seriously. If someone they know approaches them and says that they are concerned about their gambling, that's a really good time to take a self-inventory, a self-assessment. There's free screens that are available on our website where people can go through a set of questions about their gambling that will help them determine whether or not they may have a problem. What is your advice to parents who are concerned that their children might be developing a gambling problem? I think one of the most important things is to talk to your kids about gambling just as you talk to them about alcohol, smoking, or other adult activities that can be harmful because kids are often not well equipped to make decisions about things that are addictive or things that have much longer consequences down the road. There's some things to know about gambling. Know the minimum age to gamble in your state because it varies by type of gambling. It varies by state. Know the health consequences of choosing to gamble. Know the warning signs of gambling addiction. Know where to get help for a gambling problem. And then the fifth and last would be if you choose to gamble, know how to do it responsibly. In other words, do things like set a limit of the time and money you spend gambling to help prevent what may be youthful experimentation from becoming a lifelong addiction. And your group does offer help to people whose gambling is out of control. What's the phone number and does a caller have to give his or her name? Our 24-hour nationwide helpline is available through voice, text, and chat 24-7, and it is toll-free and confidential. And that is 1-800-522-4700, and that will connect you with help that's available in your area. We're visiting with Keith White of the National Council on Problem Gambling. As the gambling industry rakes in more money, has there been a corresponding increase in calls to your hotline for help? Calls to helpline are very weakly correlated with revenue from legalized gambling, so it seems to wax and wane. I think one of the bigger predictors of calls to a helpline are public awareness. So, you know, when your listeners hear about this resource, they may not have known it was there, and they think about a family member or a friend or a colleague at work who is going to the casino in the afternoons or is always asking money to play the Powerball that may be a time to provide that number to them. So we think public awareness drives calls to helpline much more than gambling revenue does. You offered two great pieces of advice to limit the time and money you spend on gambling and not to gamble just to cope with anxiety. But is there a way to sort of short circuit the impulse to gamble? Well, it's very difficult because risk-taking is, of course, hardwired in our nature. And we believe that Americans are more predisposed to take risks and gamble. You know, we've always been entrepreneurs and soldiers, if you will, you know, active in the stock market. So I think it's almost uniquely American to want to gamble. And now, of course, you have many more opportunities to gamble legally. 
We've gone from only two states having casinos in the 70s to now 40 states have some form of casino or high-stakes, high-speed lottery. So the availability of legalized gambling has dramatically increased. And when you look at decisions people make around gambling and when you look at how they view legalized gambling, there is a lot of acceptance of gambling, but there's still not as much recognition that there can be public health problems from the decision to gamble. And there can be other problems as well. Financially, lawmakers sometimes push for new gambling facilities by saying they'll pay for education and reduce property taxes. But consumers complain that they get no tax relief. Do you agree with them, and is there anything consumers can do? Well, we are always neutral on legalized gambling, but it's important to note that any calculation of the impact or the benefits of gambling has to include the costs. And, of course, many of those costs are driven by gambling addiction. So it's very easy for legislators to count the jobs and the taxes created by a new gambling enterprise, but it's harder to count the social costs, but that doesn't mean it's not important. In fact, it means it's even more important because, of course, the social costs for gambling addiction are borne ultimately by those same state governments. So we believe every person with a serious gambling problem generates $1,200 per year in social costs, and those social costs are primarily criminal justice and healthcare costs. So if you're looking at gambling as an issue, you've got to look at the cost and the benefits. And there certainly can be benefits. This generates a lot of money for a lot of people, but it also costs some people a lot of money and it ends up costing government a lot of money as well. Once more now, the phone number for problem gamblers to get help is? 1-800-522-4700. It's toll-free, confidential, and it's available 24-7 via text, chat, or by just a traditional voice call. Wonderful. Keith White of the National Council on Problem Gambling, thank you for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you very much. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. Next, how citizen power is helping to build vibrant communities nationwide. That story, coming up. You're listening to InfoTrack. More after this. 